Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Tristan here with the Extreme Common Sense Podcast, thanking our friends at Berea Pond. We could not do the podcast without the generous support from Aaron and Robin at Berea Pond. And also, my house wouldn't have nearly as much cool stuff without all the items at Berea Pond. So when you're ready for your next furniture, gun, ammo, pallet, they have so much cool stuff, you're not ever going to regret going to Berea Pond. That's Berea Pond at 107 Clay Drive in the old IGA building across from near New Auto Center. Don't miss out. If you're from the area, you got to get into Berea Pond. I'm Trisden. And I'm Ray. What we hope to do here is find a little bit of middle ground on some of these extremely polarizing social and political issues. Welcome everybody to Extreme Common Sense. What is up, Ray? Tristan. Back in studio, man. Always fun to see you. Yeah, it is. It is. It's like... I feel like this is, you know, I don't do counseling. This is kind of like... I thought you, you have said that <laughs> and... Uh, I, I thought uh, I look like I'm actually quite a bit louder than you, so hopefully I can speak softly. Um, but speaking of microphones, we should probably mention the last episode that aired with apologies to Ben because he was a wonderful guest. Us two idiots had his microphone <laughs> turned off. So as Tristan plays with knobs, you any good at playing with knobs? <laughs> Only one, and unfortunately, <laughs> these are not that one. <laughs> So, but, yeah, good luck, uh, world. Okay, so that looks okay. A little better? But, yeah. Okay. But we, uh, we do owe Ben an apology. I think, you know, you could hear him, but... It, so, if you listened to the podcast last week and it sounded shitty, it's not Ben's fault. It was me and Tristan. <laughs> we just got a new mic. This has been was our first in-studio guest. Exactly. And the one thing that I forgot to do was the switch forgot, on the microphone. We well, you can take the blame, but it was often not on. <laughs> So basically, Ben was coming through our mics, you know, externally. Yeah. So, so he's he sounded low. So we'll have to bring. He was a wonderful guest, great guy. He was so, so good. We'll and have to bring him back. Look forward to getting him back and, on. And with apologies. So Ben, we we, we sincerely owe you an apology. But I know it's funny, Tristan. Uh, I think we're going to talk a little critical race here in a moment. But you had a neighbor story um, last week, and I've got a two weeks ago. I little, think two, as was as it? the listeners here it will be two weeks ago. Okay, because we did record the Ben yeah, show that's in right. between. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And um, I had a strange happening. So uh, we bought the house in 89 and, and, and Billy and Beverly have lived across the street from us since they, they were there before us. So 34 years. And uh, Billy and I used to be a lot more socially interactive. He's gotten older. I've gotten older. He retired. He doesn't do a whole lot. I'm still working. And we used to go to some UK games and I'll still get them Eastern tickets and so forth. So we were we each met on the street, so we're driver's window to driver's window. It was a day after the Super Bowl. He's a big sports guy, and I said, hey, how'd you enjoy the game? Yeah, what about UK? They're struggling Eastern. So we're talking for about 10 minutes, and out of left field, Drisden, he says to me, and I will do his accent. Billy is a real country boy. We always kind of tease in the in the house about the accent. He said, well, of course, I'm buzzy to them. He said, buzzy? <laughs> uh, what do you do with that jukebox I gave you? And I'm like, Jukebox? Billy, you never gave me a job. No, no, no. I had a trailer when I had my lawn business. He said, no, I remember. You backed the trailer down, and we loaded that jukebox on. And I said, Billy, how long ago were we talking? He said, oh, hell, 20, 30 years. So I said, say, you want it back? He goes, I was thinking about it. I'm like, (laughs) Billy, first off, I don't ever remember any jukebox. And secondly... I mean, I think the statute of limitations. So we chat a little and then we talk a little bit more. And I'll be damned if as we're not getting ready to leave, he says, well, just think about that jukebox. So this guy's <laughs> like, there's the guy who took my fucking jukebox. Wow. Tristan, I have no, I asked Patty. I asked the kids. A jukebox, you know, he said it was a Seaberg stand-up jukebox. You That's not that thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, first off, statute of limitations. Well, right. first off, I don't think it was me. Second, statute of limitations. And third, if you're going to give it to somebody who want it back 25 years later. So was the but, assumption that he loaned it to you and you didn't get it back or that he gave it to you and now he would just it like it back? It was very bizarre. Yeah. Weird. Because when I said, I go, why, you want it back? And I kind of joked. I'm like, why, you want it back? Because yeah, I was thinking about it. Oh, so, shit. So he's going to be like, there's the guy who took my jukebox. I have it's, zero recollection. Patty has zero. I, he's got me confused. Yeah. Somebody else took his jukebox. That's so but funny. He's convinced it was me. So, yeah, wow. it's just one of those weird things that happens. And I mean, could talk about out of left field. Yeah. Like, I'm like, 
jukebox 20 or 30 years ago. About? Man, that's wild. That's <laughs> So we all have our neighbor issues. Yeah. So we yeah, and I can keep, well, there's no segue needed. I can go back for those li- that listened a couple weeks ago. I was talking about my neighbor, the best dude. He's the literal best guy. He's he actually helped me build. He's a construction guy, just real man's man type of guy. He helped me build the landing. When you walk into my house, oh, nice. like a nice um, tile landing, that's you know, just really gorgeous. And he just came and did it for free. Now on the off side of that, he did it. He started at like 10 a.m. one day and didn't finish it till like 4 a.m. So he's like outside on my porch cutting tiles oh, at no. 4 a.m. So he's kind of a manic guy. Like he's real up and wild. And I think, you know, I think he's had some dependency issues and stuff like But he's like the biggest hearted best guy. Like he reminds me of so many of the people that I grew up with. So if you listen to the story a couple of weeks ago, I'll paraphrase. He had a dog that got loose. I was the one through Facebook found out that his dog had been hit by a car. The dog also had previously bit me. So it kind of looks like, A, I'm the bearer of bad news. B, uh, I also look like a suspect in this because the dog bit me. And, you know, it was just one of those weird things. So, you know, every day for like a week, I saw him and he was just so miserably upset. And I walked past his house every day. I walk on lunch and uh, miserably you know, upset over the loss of his yeah, dog. Yeah, just very upset the loss of his dog and didn't say, man, I think you might have had something to do with it. And maybe this but is you my. You felt like it was Maybe implied. it's my Jewish guilt that I just think maybe he thinks that I had something to do There's with it. There's a lot it. of Catholic guilt, because, too. Because, yeah, I didn't, you know, I didn't like the dog, which yeah, I didn't hate the dog, but no, nobody it's likes been, a dog right. that bites you. Sure. And, whatnot so uh you know it was just this weird exchange and so for like a week you know we'd we'd go on our walks and i'd see the neighbor and yeah hey man and he was fine but he would get really emotional and he would start coming up with these theories about what happened to the dog and hey i was just glad they weren't about me right you know but and i think we all do that to a degree like when something happens that's just kind of a surprise like we all want somebody to take the fall for that you know like i had a dog that a few years ago and it was out of left field and i thought oh who poisoned my dog and then you realize oh that's just not the right way to think sometimes shitty things just happen and it's nobody's fault right? right so anyway uh friday before the super bowl so this is for us as we record a couple days ago or what like five days ago right. but two weeks ago for those listening um walking around the neighborhood and, and i get all the way around my subdivision it's like a one mile loop and i was on the opposite side it's kind of an oval so like on the opposite side of where i would normally see him on the back side of his house as i walk the the loop he yells at me and he's like hey you know what's going on i'm like hey man and he was so appreciative of like me helping him with like find out what happened to his dog and oh, cool. man i didn't have to worry about it and it, it means a lot that you did that for me and this was kind of like such a sigh of relief that he wasn't i didn't want in the back of his mind for him to think anything ill of me because hey i'm the biggest animal lover in the world i'm not obviously gonna hurt a dog but anyway so he starts talking to me about the super bowl and asks me if i've got a pick and he's like yeah equals are gonna kill him and i'm like man i don't know i'm just you know i'm not ready to to think Mahomes isn't gonna win this game and he bet me a case of ice cold Bud Light nice. that, that the that um, the Pittsburgh was going to win the game. So Philly. Philly, Philly, thank you. Same state. I got Same the state. state. That's yes, like, yes. Man, I'm so tired. I need a nap today. So <laughs> I'll have probably four or five of those. But uh, so we make a, a beer bet on the, on the Super Bowl. It's kind of a nice friendly bet and a case of beer and walk home. And like it was such a good feeling because I felt like, you know, he, he it was finally nothing between settled. us. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's sad. Of course, he's sad. We're all sad. Right. We lose a pet. Right. But, it, you know, he didn't at this point. He wasn't thinking anything ill. And it so, sounds like it doesn't end well. You're going further. Dude, it does not end well. It's no the shit. worst. So five hours later, he's in a coma and he's not going to wake up. He was uh, what working on a four wheeler um, that day, that Friday, I guess, fixed it up, took it out to uh, kind of test ride it. Something happened to him on his test ride. There's actually a, a door cam, like just inches away from whatever happened, but you can't see what happened to him. Like a neighbor's doorbell? Yeah, like, yeah, sort of. Yeah, either one of those or, cam. they didn't tell me specifically, but something on a door. So it was either the doorbell Jesus or somebody's Christ. house camera. And uh, so flipped his four-wheeler. Holy shit. And so like, basically they got to him and started CPR right away. So he was pretty much dead from hitting the ground. They got him uh, revived to the point of, uh, I guess, his heart was beating and uh, took him to the hospital. I guess they took him straight to UK, coded a few times on the way. And I guess, man, they, they did an MRI, lost brain function. 
So, I mean, I guess there's, they're saying just the minimalist amount of brain function and his family is now having to, you know, talk to people about, uh, organ donation and just making these really hard decisions. So yeah, man, oh my God, such a Tristan. shitty story on the heels of this That's original terrible. story. Yeah. So I, I thought it was going to revert back to something about the dog. Yeah. I'm me very, too. very sorry to I hear wish that. At this married point, wife in the yeah, house with him. Long time married. Is, uh, is, kids, uh, grandkids. So is he still alive as we speak? He they're is alive as alive, we speak. But they're probably going exactly. to have to do the old pull the plug Fuck thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh That's man, it. I'm really sorry to hear 55 that. 55 years old. I was going to ask how old. Yeah. 55 and just... Yeah, yeah so, no, I didn't see the story going there. Shit. I know, man. And we didn't either. And it the was same day. Same day of the day. day. Hours later. Like That's really kind of strange from, from your perspective. Like, it, wow. it was. We, you know, we heard an ambulance down our street. Well, I don't which, mean that. I mean the fact that he had sort of said to you, hey, man, thanks for the help. Things have it, worked out. And then it, he really, after wondering for a sure. week or two, like, is he yeah. blaming me? Wow, exactly. That's really it, strange. It, it was. And my wife, who was with me on the walk, was like, you know, that, that's really nice that he, you know, said all that. Right. She was kind of like, I hope he doesn't get wild and come out and, like, you know, right. have a bad day and start accusing <laughs> yeah. us or something. And so, like, he really, yeah, man, he really went out of his way. And, you know, we talked about Super like We're screaming at each other because we're on the opposite end of the subdivision. We're, you know, 50 yards away. And we're, you know, he's good. And we're making this Super Bowl bet. I thought Mahomes was going to win. And uh, so, yeah, man, I mean, we really did leave it on good terms but fuck what and i'm a, sorry to hear that yeah That's it's terrible. pretty sad he's you know you you as you know you have these neighbors that you have and he's been a neighbor so he since never, we he never got a chance to watch the super bowl missed it yeah did not get to watch it and you know i think outside of uh and i won't mention his name i hope his family wouldn't mind me mentioning this story outside you know without his name either but you know he's just hasn't He's not responding to anything like his ah, face is. Yeah, yeah, sorry so, to hear that. Yeah, what a miserable end to what. And you're was, not getting your Bud Light. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, the Bud that's, Light also. That's, I was thinking too soon, but no, my, my heart goes out. That's real. That's really an awful story. That's not where I thought that story was going. I, I thought know, you were going to say yeah. something about the dog further. Well, that's awful, man. Well, sorry if there's anything that. I could do on this podcast, it's bring the mood down to a nearly suicidal well, level. Well, you are right when you say it's almost like, uh, I don't know if we were talking before or was it recorded earlier when you said it's almost like counseling. It's on this podcast. And maybe maybe that's why we still do it. God knows no one's listening, but we still. <laughs> well, both, we got Mark. Mark made Both it. listeners Hello, like Mark. it. And, and Ben's been listening. Look, Jesus. you know, our, our tens of listeners really get a kick. So out. he's not going to recover. Uh, no, I mean, barring a miracle, I think he's, you know, the heart issues plus I think he broke his neck or. Oh, man. So, yeah. I so mean, he had worked on the four wheeler and was test driving. Been working on the so four wheeler. He was a truly handy guy. Very handy guy. Yeah. He was my go to, like, would fix yeah. the lawnmower or whatever ah, if I needed sucks, something. Tristan. So, yeah. And just, the, you know, he reminded me, and I told him this, he reminded me so much of my grandpa who was just like this really, um, like my mom's dad, uh, just a really emotional, cared too much about stuff, like you know, huge Biden supporter, like just really hated sort of the demonization of his party and kind of has a Biden flag in his yard, like very extreme. So was he Democrat. kind of the male figure in your life growing up? My grandpa? Yeah. Um, no, my grandpa was a alcoholic. Oh, crazy guy, but I loved him. You know, he bought me my first nice baseball glove and taught me how to drive a stick shift. And oh, that's cool. He's a cool guy, but he was you no, know, not like a normal traditional thing, but yeah. So anyway, it was, um, yeah, I, I told Robin, or oh, shit, I shouldn't say his name. I told my buddy that <laughs> we'll call him Rob that, you know, that he, he was just, he cared so much about stuff and he, you know, he, he, Things hit him harder than it would have hit a lot of people, and it's, it's a hard place to be. Which I think is why when, he struggled so much with, with the dog. Yeah, when when yeah, life I think is harder for empaths. I guess right is that you say? empathetic people. Yeah, yeah, or Irish people because we're very melancholy and we just fucking feel you know. Yeah, but then that works two ways too. There's a there's a movie and I don't know what it is, but Matt Damon stars in it, and and he's uh, he his the marriage is going kind of rough, and his wife says to him. Uh, uh, don't you think we should get divorced? He goes, I'm Irish. I can live with a miserable situation <laughs> forever. <laughs> and, and I, you know, my daughter will sometimes say that to me. Not that there's anything miserable about my situation, but she's like, dad, you're Irish. Oh man. But, and I well, think that's again. a uniquely male trait also. I think men will sit and suffer, you know, before In we. In silence for the most part. More often than not. Yeah. yeah. Before we. Probably less silence than, than used to be, you know. Sure. 
Which is not bad. No, I mean, we should have some yeah. caring about. I mean, our I've always said health, I would. Yeah. You know, I think I would uh, uh, benefit greatly from speaking with someone, uh, you know, an analyst, whatever. I've I've not done it, and I sit no judgment. I think it's wonderful, but um, yeah, maybe, maybe it's my own fear. I don't know. You you've done some. I've done it, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I always say it was one of the best things I've ever done in my life because it. Um, you know, it was it was amazing, man. They talk about breakthroughs, I guess, when you, right. when you have a breakthrough, which, you know, if you're like me, prior to that, you're sitting at home making a fake masturbation move with your arm, like, give me a freaking right, break, right, or whatever. Right, right. But, uh, man, <laughs> the counselor had sort of directed some of like, kind of how I was acting in my life toward, um, which they always say it, it's so cliche, but toward, like, trying to save my mother, who was an alcoholic, to things I was doing in other aspects of my life. Right. And it was like, just blew my mind. I started crying like a baby and didn't expect that or, you know, and it, it just made perfect sense. I mean, it was just one of those moments where, oh God, that's why I'm reacting this way to this. So it was fairly dramatic. Extremely dramatic that's in that wild. one moment. And you, that was the only time really I had anything like that happen. breakthrough. It, it is, yeah, it was. And it, it was fascinating. And I took it with me and, you know, and I haven't went to a counselor in, you know, a very long time, but I would say... If you've got the time and the means, everybody should go to a counselor. Yeah, I mean, no, you just you well, learn a lot about I, yourself. I read Springsteen's biography and he, um, or autobiography, the one that he helped, you know, write. And he talks very openly about his struggles with depression and, and, and so forth. And, uh, and the counselor and, and he, you know, he, he, uh, has some fun with it. He says, Hey, uh, everybody's favorite subject is themselves. So, you know, you like to talk about that, but you know, you get an objective view. It's, it's wonderful to speak with your spouse or your family members, but you know, blood on blood, sometimes it's difficult to get that objectivity that yeah. a third person brings to it. And, and, and by the same token, I'm sure there are things that you keep bottled up that you say to a, a third person that you might not say to a spouse or whatever, because it is too, sure. uh, Potentially hurtful or whatever. Exactly. So yeah, and you're paying somebody, so you don't have to feel guilty. Like that's right. Chewing your friend's ear off, you that, know that, and, that too. And look, I'm yeah. paying you a hundred bucks. Give me an honest opinion here, right. kind of, and you know, help me whatever. So yeah, I mean, I, I would completely recommend not only for folks that are going through stuff, but just you know, if you can, it, it's you're just going to make you a better person. Yeah, because that science really well, it started, I guess, in the late 1800s with Freud, and then it was very. Uh, you know, I, I I tell this story not not often, but it is like a counseling session. My dad had some serious issues around age fifty, and I, cause I I'd have been like ten. I was born in in sixty. Dad and I were forty years apart in age, so when I was when he was fifty, I was ten. I remember him taking a shoe. My dad was not a guy given any kind of extremes or violence or anything, but he was just fighting this depression, I guess, these demons. And I think I had left probably a sneaker if I had if. Truly, I don't think I was really wearing shoes, but it, he tripped on it in the living room and he just turned and threw it. And it wasn't a name it at me, but it clocked me right in the head. Oh, shit. And, yeah. And I remember thinking, man, something's up. But I found out years later, because everything was secretive, that he was actually going for some counseling. And back then, Tristan, it wow. was looked at as, yeah. as, you know, oh, what the hell's wrong? Oh, you of know, course. nobody wanted to know. It's like the Sopranos. Exactly. Where Tony wants, you know, that's that's a sign of weakness. So if you're anybody showing your weakness knows. by. Yeah. Yeah. And, and thankfully, a lot of that has been cast aside over Agreed. the years. That, because it's not weakness. It's actually the opposite. Sure. You're trying to get help. Because every one of us, like you said would benefit yeah and because they we say, all have our issues and I, our demons would, it's a lot truer too i think it takes a lot more courage to do it than not it's easy so. to not do it well that's kind of my thought that on myself relative to myself maybe yeah. i'm just a coward so well not to that point but i mean it is it's it's hard to make the call it's hard to show up no, i'm pretty sure i'm a coward <laughs> well, okay i won't argue anymore <laughs> dad's got his purple heart i never earned one yeah. I, I still prominently display my dad's purple heart that's awesome of course dad being dad so he got that purple heart in uh, 1945 in the battle of the bulge in um i believe in belgium might have been france but he uh, he carried shrapnel in his knee to the day he died, and he had a scar on his backside and in, in, in his ass. And he used to say <laughs> he used to say, "There's only one way you get hit in the ass when you're heading in the other direction." <laughs> <laughs> That's so, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> but yeah, man, I I just think it's one of those things that you know more often than not you just leave feeling, man, it was good to sort of throw that out in the universe and get some real advice. Yeah, and that's another thing. I mean, so my dad is fifty when he's having these problems. So 45, 55, 67. So 25 years. What kind of baggage are you carrying with you World War II-wise? Oh, God. Battle of the Bulge. And, and, you know, I've often said this about World War II vets. We won that war. 
emphatically. We were the yeah. we were the world's power. Well, nobody. Plus, in the '40s, none of this had advanced where it is now. So, sure. if you were struggling with depression from what you'd seen, nobody wanted to hear it. No, nobody. It's like you won the it. World Series, what and the now hell's why wrong are you, with you? Why are you coming to say you got a problem? Exactly, man. Yeah. Talk about having to bottle things up. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the John Wayne what was didn't come out till the '60s. So imagine somebody in the '50s, you know, coming out to say, "Man, I'm struggling with what is probably now post traumatic stress." Sure, and, you know, dealing with this. I mean, nobody shell shock. Yeah, as they it was like, it oh, look then. at this, you know, whatever this coward. Yeah, yeah, no, Nobody, right. Nobody it's, wanted to hear that. So you were forced to just push all those emotions down. And yeah. at some point, you know, they can manifest and it's, throwing uh, a shoe at your kid, you know? Exactly. Uh, and it's probably unimaginable how many kids got hit with metaphorical shoes <laughs> yes. because dad was, you know, too stubborn or didn't know and, you know, didn't get the help that he needed. Yeah. The silent generation. Yeah, well, that that's silence, it. you know, can, can get you in trouble also. Yeah. It, uh, now has the pendulum song too far. You know, I blame quite possibly, Oprah. quite yeah. possibly. I blame Oprah. She had, she made people feel comfortable talking about the most intimate details of their lives in front of you know ten million people. Yeah, hey, here's or great, us doing it in front of ten people. Uh, speaking of the Super Bowl, here's a great trivia question. Raymond asked me this, and and I'm, you you may get this. Um, the year gives it away a little bit. Since 1983, there has only been one show in a given calendar year that had more viewers than any Super Bowl. So from '83 to 2023, 40 years, the Super Bowl was. Every year, the most viewed one-day event other than this one show in 83. Oh, it was in 83? Was that the MASH finale? Bingo. Nice. The MASH finale, which I have a funny story about that. I was at William Patterson College up in Jersey, and, and Dr. Morgenstern, he was the first professor I had who said, call me Barry. He was very cool, had great... Uh, we had a great interaction. He's one guy I remember. I actually contacted him about 10 years ago. So I don't know if you remember me. Yeah, I remember. That's awesome. Yeah, it was. I can't remember over what, but... The week before, we said, hey, this match final. And you know, there's no DVR, VCR. You got to sure. watch it or you don't see it. That's it. And he was like, no, we're having class. I'm not worried about a show. Yeah. So Hilarious. I never actually saw that <laughs> fucking final. I know everything wow. about it. Hawkeye and Sydney came back and yada, yada. And now you can jump online and grab and, it. And watch it. And I yeah. probably should do that. But yeah. Uh, yeah, he wouldn't let class out. He was oh, like, no, we're meeting. Funny. We're having class next week. Yeah. Well, He's like, and, this is a TV show. No, I'm not giving you out of class. Uh, too funny. He's a, a true professor. Different world. Because now I think most of these guys would. But there are still those hard-ass professors. Yeah, that would say, and he wasn't really a hard-ass professor. He was just like, no, my class is more important than right. a television show. Yeah. He probably wasn't much of a TV watcher. But That's at funny. any rate, we've talked how long? <laughs> 20 minutes <laughs> and haven't said a thing about what we're, we're scheduled to do, but that's cool. I don't know. Do we ever really schedule anything to do? No, we I mentioned, I'll tell you why I mentioned CRT to you. And I know you did a little bit of research, so critical race theory, and this is how it actually came up. So, uh, uh Lucas, I'm sitting in the office as you know, most of these shows happen. And Lucas says that his mom, who's very, very conservative, very wonderful woman, country gal, um, probably give or take my age. Cause Lucas is only 35. Uh, Susan is her name, and I've met her several times. Very, very nice woman. Like, would give you the shirt off her back, make a meal. She just, she's a mega maga, right? She loves Trump, and Biden is such and such and so and so, and everything's Fox News. Well, she tells him, and she knows that he's, you know, by his admission or or my observation, he's moved. He was a pretty conservative guy when he started working with me. You know, he's spent 10 years listening to my bullshit. <laughs> so he's a little more open-minded, and I'm sure his family And thinks. still center-right, but still Definitely right. Definitely center-right. Yeah. yeah, a lot of times his conservatism shows. He's very good with numbers and money, but but I'm sure his family thinks, oh, my God, that Ray guy has corrupted <laughs> our little boy. He's right? just barely a Republican. Oh, my God, I can't yeah. believe it. But she tells him to stop watching Disney because they're pushing critical race. Well, oh, so uh, Lucas has four kids. A 12-year-old, a 10-year-old, and then twins that are five. And uh, she says, make sure you have them stop watching Disney because they're pushing that <laughs> critical race theory and they're talking about how white people are terrible. And it's, she, she specifically cited a show called uh, The Prouds, maybe? Something like that? Proud Family. Proud like Family. Said. Yeah. Yes, Proud okay. Family, which I don't know anything about. I Googled it. It still didn't mean much to me. But I So it, so it prompted a conversation between him and me where I said, um, is that sort of the thought behind people opposed to critical race theory that they essentially want to, no pun intended, whitewash history and just remove how terribly white people treated black folks in an effort to, you know, 
move it along and, and sort of get beyond it, which to me as a lover of history is just anathema. And I, I, I just can't believe that. But maybe there are people who think, well, you know what? It's the 21st century. It's 2023. It's time to move by all that. And it doesn't do anybody any good to remember how my people treated your people, vice versa. So let's just move beyond it. Well, it is the how dare you remove our statues because you can't erase history crowd that's very deeply saying stop teaching actual history. We don't want to hear about that's that. That's funny. So it, that's a good point. It, it is kind of ironic that's that a good point. you've got these folks, you know, battling for that the same fucking people. Robert E. Lee statue <laughs> saying, well, kids don't need to know about that's funny. actual history of slavery. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I kid my Republican friends, but to their point, and they do have an accurate point here is that, you know, you probably have to teach that really cautiously. You don't want to teach kindergartners that white kids bad and black kids good or any semblance of that. I mean, it, it probably has to be taught carefully at an older age. And I think most of the normal conservatives that you talk to, certainly conservative parents, would probably tell you that. It's not that we don't want them to teach about slavery and to teach what happened. But let's also teach that during the race marches, there were also lots of white folks there True. or plenty of white folks True. there. It wasn't a race war. It was a sort of, you know, people with an ideology war against, you know, other folks. And again, we don't need our six year old coming home asking about that. I mean, if they, you know, in high school, I think it definitely becomes more of a, a legitimate conversation that you should know your history and, you know. Things that have went on in the past, right? Actually, and, and as white people go, specifically Jewish folks, were very sympathetic because they had also suffered much uh, discrimination and, and stereotyping and so forth. So there was a real alliance between Martin Luther King's group and a lot of rabbis and so forth right. who marched with him. Yeah. And you want, you wonder why now it seems to be this division between blacks and Jewish there, there folks. There seems it's, to be. It's kind of weird. At least for Kanye. Yeah. Kanye but, and Kyrie Irving. I mean, it, you do start to feel yeah. this weird sense of, you know, black folks of a certain generation now blaming Jewish folks, certainly you know, in media. And perhaps... You know, I mean, they're both intelligent men, but perhaps they don't know history as they should. And maybe they don't even realize that alliance was there in, the, you know, all throughout the 20th century. Uh, but, you know, and again, I am not here as a scholar to say what critical race theory is or is. And I've been I've, I've it's been around since, I guess, the 70s, um, some college professors. But I, I think basically what it what it attempts to do is um, say that there's a lot of. Uh, societal um nah, not entities but there, there's there's so much that's influenced by race that you don't even really realize which is completely accurate yeah and that's sort of the white privilege thing right yeah which is yeah i mean well you just don't think about it like say for example you had redlining and i'm going to throw out the 60s but i think it lasted a lot longer yeah, than that uh, at least through the 60s right which, yeah so, which is my you know i'm a, i'm born in 60 so my lifetime right? yeah so then and you, you can explain that redlining well, for those well red, who don't redlining know. essentially was basically allowing folks of a certain color to buy houses in certain areas and i mean it, of, and keeping of, folks and out people of, of a certain, certain color yeah and the red yeah. line was literally they drew it on a map yeah it was on a lot of places it would be the railroad tracks would separate the yes. black houses and the you know the white houses. Right. But um, and then not not uh, lending money to black folks who yes. were eligible to buy a home. Exactly. And so if you take that and you look at the repercussions of that, and, yes. and it is fascinating. And that's something that I studied in college in a lot of African-American studies classes. Now, again, is the place to learn that in third grade? Probably not. But in Fair. college, it blew my mind because, look, when you think about it. How much wealth do you know is generational and how many kids are in a certain uh, yeah. spot because of their parents and their grandparents and their great grandparents? I mean, slavery was only a few generations ago. So redlining and all these these other awful racist things were like one generation ago. Right. So you can't wonder now why, you know, maybe a larger number of black folks happen to be impoverished. Look, there's some real reasons for that. And we right. can't just say, well, maybe you didn't pull yourselves up by the bootstraps. No, because we didn't allow you to get the same loans and same houses and same jobs for so what hundreds then, of years. What then do you say to people, Trizan? And again, I'll, I'll say Lucas's mom's a wonderful person. I mean, you'd love to have her as, as a neighbor. But what do you say to someone like that who says, oh, it's just time to put that behind us. We have to stop talking about these things because it just makes us white people look bad. Well, look, it's easy to say that as a white person. I mean, it's the easiest thing in the world to say. And I'm very much pro 
like we have to assimilate as Americans, as somebody with a Jewish background or and it, plus an Irish background. I mean, I feel like if I had an African-American background, look, I want to be American first. It doesn't mean you can't celebrate your history. It doesn't mean you can't be proud of who you are. But look, I think we're to the point where we're dividing ourselves so intentionally and finding reasons to hate each other more than finding reasons to come together. No, no doubt. And to the point of the Republicans. I mean, I've watched 10 shows and 10 movies in the last month. And you do see an agenda in so much of it. I mean, you can't have a movie without, you know, we're very much promoting. Uh, I'm trying to think of a way to say this. Like every movie or show that you watch definitely has to have a trans character at this point <clears throat> or, you know, or a, a gay relationship, which is fine. But it's to the point where it doesn't benefit the story and you're for, being forced. You know what I mean? And, and oh, well, 100%. I'm, I'm the happiest I person remember. in the world with a, with a gay love story. But if you don't, you know what I mean? It's like we're just writing this in just for this reason. And it doesn't bother me, but I can see because you notice it. I can see that conservatives don't like every single time, you know, you feel like there's part of our culture agenda. And and now it's uh, interracial relationships because I remember Donna. Well, well those two who, for, yeah. Who, who, before Donna passed away, my longtime friend from New Jersey who worked at uh, Galaxy Bowling for 20 years before damn COVID got her in uh, December of 22, uh, December 21. Donna's been gone over a year. But um, she was an old, you know, she was a 78-year-old woman who was pretty set in her ways and spoke her mind, you know. And um, she said, and Don was her husband who's still with us, another great guy. And she said, uh, Jersey guy. And she said, um, Don and I, and, you know, she wasn't above. I never heard her use the N-word, but she probably wasn't above <laughs> that. And she didn't use the N-word. But she's like, Don and I get, they're, they're so damn mad. You can't watch one commercial without a black and white couple. Can't they just show a white couple once in a while? So <laughs> so when Patty and I are watching TV, I'll say, mixed race couple. mixed Because every fucking commercial has a mixed race couple in it. Right. Everyone now. And again, and, and I'm it's fine. fine with yeah, it. that's fine. It. You're, but you're it is, an, to, to your point, there's an agenda. You're promoting yes. to two different groups of people kind of with that commercial. Right. So the marketing of that makes sense to me. I get it right but yes as the gun-toting right wing my country's a changing guy that's sitting at home yeah i mean it's hard to put on a show without you know the trans you've got the trans storyline the gay storyline and you know the mixed race couple storyline and that's like in everything you watch and it does become a point where it's like you know i don't care but like also every group of friends doesn't have an asian a black a white and a jew like every group was, well and then on a more serious note, you can see why a show like Greg Gutfeld's, which you at least watched a couple of times before you probably thought, oh, shit, I can't watch this anymore. <laughs> I, I do peek in now and again, you, yeah. Yeah, because it's kind of like a train wreck, but you sure. can see why that has appealed to those folks, yeah. somebody like my mother-in-law, because you generally have five white people sitting there or whatever uh, Tyrus the wrestler is. He may be mixed race or whatever, but, sure. but you know, you basically have people on that show who are affirming the the donnas of the world the people who say oh this is so crazy you know and and, I, and it's america it's it's the land of the free and the home of the brave you're entitled to your opinion now you and i are also entitled to say yeah but what about this True. Now, you may just run into a, a lucas runs into it with his mom she doesn't want to have those conversations she really doesn't want to entertain ideas about the other it's like no this is working well it has worked well let's not mess with this yeah and well and maybe when there is complete equality in the country then you can just go back to not worrying about it anymore maybe at that point you don't have to put well folks in every show and, or and, and whatever I assume, I Tristan, that that is the uh, noble goal behind the acceptance of others but you know to me the left falls short when they are somehow scratching their heads as to how people can't just accept this how are you going to get the fucking kansas farmer or the kentucky farmer or the new jersey farmer or sure. the california farmer to just accept all this without some backlash and i mean you should expect that and then sure. when they say well they're just narrow-minded and old and they'll be dead soon well that's really not an answer either true so if you're going to push these agendas then you have to be able to stand up and kind of explain it without the frustration of oh they're just narrow-minded and they don't get it no they're entitled to their views they've lived their life this way now i'm not saying their views are right but they're certainly entitled there That's should at America least be about, yeah. some dialogue sure and i think to your point that dialogue just doesn't seem to be happening i'll, I'll give you a good example so nikki haley announced today that she's, she's going to challenge trump so i'm driving to work it's about 10 o'clock and and uh and i ha i hit cnn i've got serious i've got the different news channels cnn is covering nikki haley and MSNBC is covering Nikki Haley and Fox is doing the fucking balloons that have been shot down or whatever the three out of four, you know, the, yes. the mystery things now, because that looks bad for the Biden administration. And they probably 
don't want really too many challengers to Trump. I think Fox would be very happy if Trump wound up back in, right? I would say you're right. He's you a know? ratings machine, at least. Yeah, he's a ratings machine. So, you know, it's funny. The two are, and I don't know if Nikki Haley can get any tr attraction. What do you think? I don't think so. No? I mean, I think she called and asked Trump for permission to jump in. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that was reported that she had called Trump to get his blessing to, to jump in the, the campaign, which seems like the opposite if she thought she was actually a real... Well, I'll tell you what, Tristan, I just finished that Maggie Habersham book, who's a reporter for the New York Times, amongst others, and she wrote a book called Confidence Man. And she's known Trump for years. I think I talked about it a couple episodes back. Well, I just finished it the other night. And, uh, man, she doesn't say much good about him other than he has an enormous ego. Everything's about him, and he's quite a bully. In fact, as I texted my brother, I think an honest critique of that book would say you should I'll give him some credit. He wound up the president of the United States after all. But she just, she is really um, critical of Trump. Like really? he's, yeah, yeah, I mean, maybe not, let's not say not bright, but very incurious. Yeah. Really doesn't care about legislation, doesn't care about how the sausage is made, just wants what he wants. Sort of, I guess, why he was pretty friendly with some strong men like Erdogan from Turkey and, and Putin and, uh, the Korean kook, you know, he, he liked that ability to just say it and have it done. He just wasn't interested in legislation or right. or bringing factions together, whatever, whatever. But that makes a lot of sense. That's yeah, sort of what you feel about. Yeah, him. I mean, it's a little disappointing. And I mean, somehow he's still the front runner, Tristan. Go figure. Yeah, I, that it is so amazing that the well, and the, she the said angels haven't taken over. Well, instead. but she did say that he is remarkably skilled at painting his opponents, and, and in this case, Republican opponents, or in the case of 2016 in the primary, you know, Lion Ted, uh, Little Marco, uh, Silent Jeb, whatever all those names are. Yeah. He's, a, he's a great marketer and a great brander. Yeah. And those brands stick and people remember that and shit. And you really need a, a cartoon character to run against him. Somebody that just is not above name calling and probably so. and just, yeah. you need, you need an, a TV character, you know, you need a Reagan or I don't know a Gutfeld, somebody that's on got TV experience that is happy to to trade jabs with them. That's and go funny. Back that and forth be because right. again, I don't think you can't win against Donald Trump in politics as in politician versus actor. Like you can't. Right. You, you have to have somebody that is ridiculously charismatic that's going to call him names and say you fat little fingered sob you know and really go at well, him Rubio tried it remember he said if with a man with little hands what else is little yeah, i tell you what it ain't little just ask but he my was wife just, he didn't really though he no, he, he was in no. for a penny he was not in for a pound i mean you really need somebody that's going to get on twitter and go back and forth and talk about his dick size and his but airline other, and but let's know. be honest the other thing that's really difficult with trump and and for those in the maga movement or still on the trump fence they're not going to like this but when someone really cares less about truth it's really hard to run against him. That's true. Because truth is not <laughs> truth is just not part of his equation. No. It's, it's completely it's irrelevant. It's, it's truth is irrelevant. Right. So that makes it really fucking hard to run against somebody for whom truth is irrelevant. I agree. And and the problem is is that built in group of thirty percent of Republicans that could care less about the truth. Yes. They're just they have that emotional appeal to Trump. They like what he brings, and they like how they how he makes them feel, and that's what they want. Well, it was his administration via Kellyanne Conway who termed the who coined the term alternative facts. Right. I mean, what the fuck are alternative facts? Well, you know exactly what they are. Bullshit. <laughs> They're alternative bullshit. facts are bullshit. Yes. But yeah. well, we have alternative facts, and 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 Donald Trump's life has been alternative facts. And again, again, I say as someone who just was never a fan and thought, you know, this country elected him was just awful. And I think I was, I was justified in that view. Um, there's a certain part of him you got to admire because he does not give a rat's ass about how many slings and arrows. He just comes back harder. You know, it's fascinating. It's yeah. fascinating. He, he is, it, it is a fascinating Voorhees, study. You know, Freddy Krueger of <laughs> politics. I mean, you just kill him. He's at the bottom of the lake tied down with concrete and a, you know, shot 40 times in the head. And next year, that motherfucker pops right up out of Crystal Lake. There he is again. It's crazy. It, it's bizarre. So and, and he may be there in 24, I, which is incredible. I'm every day I feel less and less like anybody is gonna really challenge him for the Republican nomination. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. He's already started to beat DeSantis up. He calls him uh, DeSanctimonious. Just, 
Which yeah. is now in fairness. That's a big word. His base 30% does Easy. not know what that means. <laughs> Maybe that's... the middle 40, but not that base 30. <laughs> but he he knows. He knows that that's his challenger and, and uh, you know, biggest challenger right now because you can't beat somebody with nobody. So you have to you have to come up with a candidate. And if it's not Trump, I guess DeSantis, Haley, they're, they're uh, floating a Tim Scott balloon down in South Carolina. Um, he's the African-American Republican senator. I don't know yeah. a whole lot about him, but there's a certain appeal in that. Sure. You know, but again, you can't <clears throat> beat crazy with normal, like crazy. That's just what I mean about somebody who doesn't care have, about the truth. That's right. where you can't have somebody measuring their words and being, uh, you know, mostly right. attempted to be honest and, you know, have a real that's political it, debate with somebody that's telling you the sky is pink. That's true. And you, you can't, you can't win against that. Yeah. And, and the Republican party has to figure that out. Right. And because they don't want him either. That's the dirty secret. Well, the, Nobody the, in the quote unquote establishment, sure. certainly Mitch McConnell doesn't no. want him, but they have to tread lightly because they pissed he that 30% off. He could be the guy and they pissed that 30% off and, you know, then they're yeah. in trouble. It's fascinating. That's a good way to put it. It, it really is, is fascinating. <laughs> That's why politics for me, I mean, I do take it seriously and study it a bit, but it's also endlessly entertaining. People who think yeah. politics is boring, you know, that's like people who think baseball is boring. It is. I, I mean, it really I get is why WWE. You think of baseball is a great game. It's not boring. And politics are anything but boring. They're fucking entertaining as hell. I agree. It's, <laughs> I think the only problem is since it's real life, you do kind of have to peel yes. back some because you can just find yourself in this ball of awfulness and i think that you sure. know a lot of folks online that sit and post all day about their party like you can get too deep into oh, politics sure. like i love sure. our you know once a week talking about it for 45 minutes or whatever but you know you also have to realize these people aren't cooking your meals and you know feeding your kids and petting your dog so you kind of have to also allow yourself to not be so deep that you hate the other party and that you're so jaded and you think everybody's evil that doesn't vote like you like you do still have to Take a breath. Well, that and to the point you always make is people don't, back to the truth, necessarily represent themselves truthfully online. Sure. They're not going to treat you in the neighborhood walking uh, the way they're going to treat you online, right? Of course, I mean, that's course, just yeah. a, a proven fact. And that yeah. is probably one true negative to social media is the anonymity or not even anonymity. People just say shit they wouldn't say this way. Sure. Face to face. A million percent. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not going away. That's only not getting more, Not anytime right? soon. Yeah, not anytime soon. But uh, but to get back to critical race theory, I mean, at least in my opinion, with no segue at all, critical race theory is fine and should be taught. But I, I do think we should be cautious as to when we start teaching it, who we teach it to. And you know what I mean? It's Obviously, it's not fit for kindergarten. It's That's not fair. fit for second grade. That's fair. And I don't think any most Democrats would disagree with that. I mean, you don't that's want reasonable. a first grader to sit and think about why he dislikes, you know, another no, that's right. classmate. And I completely get that from the right. And, you know, so again, that, that, and, yeah. and, and it just there just has to be some common sense. And, of course, there's always going to be one California preschool teacher that says the right. wrong thing that then becomes the headline that, you know, oh, California is teaching critical race theory to preschoolers. And typically that's just never going to be the case. And again, it's just fodder for talk shows like ours and and different people. But yeah, I think with, with all this stuff, if there's a little bit of common sense involved, look, just make a movie now and again. And if the movie's supposed to be a black movie, let's just have black people in it. We don't have to have three token white guys to make, you know, I, I just... And, and that may sound like an old guy or like if we're redoing Cheech and Chong, can we do it with Latino folks? I mean, now, what does about everybody a, have to be? So what about um, someone like um, Hank Azaria who no longer does a poo because he was told, and I think it's several years now, you know, the Simpsons better than I do. A poo was a great character. Yeah, it was a white guy doing the voice. But is that. Is that over the top that oh, you can't do that? You got to have an Indian doing an Indian voice. Man, I don't know. I get I get so caught up in that. And I guess it's so easy to slushy with your playboy, sir. <laughs> it's so easy as you know, as a white guy to sit here and say, oh, well, this or that. And honestly, I don't know, man. I think if it's hate speech, obviously it's wrong. I think sometimes we do have to laugh at ourselves a little bit. Now, I think can that pendulum swing too far and you find yourself only making fun of an Indian guy on the show. And then you step back and say, well, th th that was kind of bad. Look, there's, there's a happy medium. I, I don't like to tell comedians I, what's allowed to be funny and, and what and they're again, allowed this, to talk about. I'm, a, I, I, I'm not even a middle-aged white guy. I'm an old, I'm a senior white guy cause I'm 62 now. So I'm officially a senior. And I understand that my life has not been bad because of my white skin. So, 
that that's all that's all true. But and so this may sound trite when I say what I'm about to say, but I think one of the funniest things there is is when be it Kevin Hart, Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor, when they do their white voice, it's funny as hell. Sure. When they do a white guy, because they're all, you know, because white guys do sound a particular. <laughs> I remember Pryor used to uh, uh, say the favorite part of his show was after intermission when the white couple would be walking back and two brothers were sitting in their seats. Well, listen, jerk off, you know, <laughs> that's my seat. And he would do his white voice and it was damn funny to me, you know. Well, and I'm sure there's a, a group that would say that it is always different when the minority class yes. is making fun of a majority class yes, because the majority class has the power. So right. I guess that's a little bit more accepted. I mean, Hank Azaria will, willingly or willfully uh, uh, gave up that character. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's right. I guess the, the the powerful class or the class with the, you know, with, with all the cachet shouldn't make fun of, of the underclass. But, you know. And I okay. think, too, there's probably a difference between having a, 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 a show that airs Sunday at 8 p.m. on a broadcast network versus should Hank Azaria not do something similar in a comedy club. I would say that it's two different things and probably should be looked at in both spots. No, that's cool. Now, so, well, that's a fair point. So you're finding a middle ground. Now, there's people who wouldn't even accept that. It's, oh, it should never be done. Well, there goes a hell of a lot of comedy. Yes. And, and again, I think the answer is that we all sort of laugh at ourselves a little bit, but everybody is so sensitive now. And I think every group has now seen the other group that said, we don't want you making fun of us anymore. So then the other group says, well, then we don't want you making fun of us to the point that nobody gets made fun of anymore. Like literally, you know, and again, it's good to not hear to every day somebody saying the R word or the N word or, you know, W word for our Spanish or Latino friends. I mean, it's, it's a good thing. What's the W word? That's uh, a, uh, you can write it down. All right. I'll... Cause I know, uh, well, the first part of it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, but again, rhymes with rent lack. <laughs> yeah. But but it, there was a time in my life, and uh, you know, I was raised in a rural area where you wouldn't go a day without hearing slurs. Like absolutely, fuck it, it, rural areas ass. I was raised in the suburbs <laughs> of Jersey. Yeah, Mr. Zangara, who you know, who was um, who was not a well educated man, had a body shop. Jesus, he dropped the n word like. Like you and I are sitting here talking. Yeah, and and to that point, I mean, I'm to seven. the point to the point where my own mom would say, "Ben, come on." Even in 1970, it's like, yeah. "Come on, Ben." Right? Ah, no, that's the way it is. You know. Yeah. So it, it's it's a good thing that we don't say a lot of that stuff for sure. Right. But it is also a shame when it's nobody can take a joke anymore, and everybody's so serious, and you know, we 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 can't have a good time, and you know, and we have to know the difference between. Hate speech and humor. Yeah, there I've, has to I've be a point. And I hope that comes back. I in, hope humor comes back. In my opinion, it's only my opinion, the whole advent of political correctness was to remove the N-word from the American lexicon because it was used far too much. And I saw it firsthand as a guy born in the 60s and raised in the 60s and 70s. I mentioned Ben, my Uncle Eddie. Uh, wasn't quite as bad. And, and, and others, I never recall Dad using that word too much, but he, I'm sure he did. Um, and, and that was largely successful because that word is, is gone and, and kudos. That's a good fucking thing, but it didn't end there. It just went and went yeah. and went. It's like a monster that just gets like a Pac-Man monster. And, and it has do, to keep eating. How do you fix that? Like how, I don't think there is, now that, it, you know, right. Yeah. You know, you just, and have you watched a comedy that was made in the last three or four years? I mean, it's tough to see anything. And again, I don't want to say you can't be funny without you know, having elements of mean humor, but man, it just seems like everybody's so scared to say the wrong thing that it becomes a pretty lame comedy. Yeah. And that is a, that is a, a consequence that, you know, is real. Well, I, to... I just watched the you people comedy, which is loaded with some of the funniest people in the world, uh, written by, I can't think of his name, but the guy who created blackish. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Who's hilarious. Uh, yeah. Eddie Murphy's in the movie, Jonah Hill. And the whole movie, you just watch and you're waiting for the funny part. And that's sort of the dynamic. It's this Jewish family is marrying in, into a black family. And it's, you know, sort of the polarity. Like, who's coming to dinner from guess, you know, who's, coming to guess dinner. who's coming to dinner? But it's just like they're scared to do anything funny. Right. Like, it's just the whole movie is just so. That, that was really the, the way you f felt. Watching. Yeah, it was. It was so woke and worried. Like, I think those movies are kind of funny because people laugh at themselves. And there's just no laughing at themselves anymore. And you just can't do that, which I found it to be boring and just, you know. A, I'm actually not familiar with it. It's called. 
uh, you people just said it, you people. Wow. Uh, Eddie Murphy just released on Netflix, I think. And watch you look forward I, to it. Thirty and minutes you just of it. Yeah, didn't let me think know they you... got the humor. That the, the humor wasn't there and, because it was too. Again, I no pun intended. Too whitewashed. Yeah, exactly. And I think if you watch it, there's there's a lot of humor in the black and Jewish communities. There's a lot of funny stuff. A lot of funny people. It's, the movie's loaded with funny people doing very non-funny things. That's that's, so, that's funny. So yeah, it it, it you as and you would say that that's a it, consequence of the effort not to offend anyone. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as somebody that just loves comedy, you hate to see comedy in that point or in that space. Now again, I did watch this week the South Park, the new season premiere of the South Park. Oh which, yeah dove into Jewish stereotypes and people saying Jews are on the media. And it was one of the most poignant, hilarious, great takes on it that I've ever seen. So, I mean, and, and there's still guys, comedy out there. And those two guys don't care who they're offended. They don't. And they're right. equal opportunity offenders. And they're equal opportunity so, offenders. Yeah. Which <laughs> maybe, maybe that, maybe that's it, Tristan. But again, of course you get into the power versus the non-power sure. and that's where I get people it. get upset. But yeah, yeah. I, no, I get it too. But yeah, comedy is uh, comedy is offensive. It is. Or certainly can sure. be offensive, you know, but it's funny. <laughs> Very, yeah. <laughs> you know. And, and, and before we get too far, I, well, I mean, we're pretty far, but let me ask you this too. I, I wrote this down like middle of the week in my phone. I, I had to ask you this. And the, there was a White House briefing uh, press conference about the, I, I guess one of the questions came up about the balloons. Yeah. And I guess there's what I guess the last few they didn't really know the origin. Like they're saying the first one was Chinese, the last few could be Russian. We could don't be, know. Yeah, we don't there's know. Something could be but, Mar- could be aliens. Yeah. Well, which gets to my point. The reporter asked uh, the spokesperson, "Hey, you know, could this be something that we're seeing in interstellar? Something that's outside of you know our worldly knowledge? That's a different type of uh, technology." And I just think this is where we've come to in the world that you know. Even 20 years ago when I was in college or, you know, early 2000s or certainly late, earlier than that, like only a, 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 a inquirer reporter, right. some crazy person would have asked that. <laughs> and then the response would have been equally as crazy. It would have been what, it, you know, it would have been a squint eyed like the fuck is wrong with you? Like we're here in the real world. And the White House secretary or, you know, press person that day was like, you know, we're just not ruling anything out. And I thought That's, it just blew my mind, you know. The, the, and, and now it's Katie bar the door because the conspiracy theories are well. Uh, our, yeah. our buddy Aaron Rodgers, who's a little kooky, he's, a little bit. Yeah. He's going off on some fucking conspiracy. He's no dope. He's no dope, Rodgers. Sure. He's got some conspiracy about it all. I was. I, I saw the headline. I said, "Oh God, I'm not even reading." I have to this. read it. I haven't seen that. But boy, that opens the door to all kinds of nuttiness. Well, I mean, I mean it, it, that's where we are. I mean, and I guess now, that to it, be fair to those people, it probably is a little bizarre that we've shot down four things now and really haven't. You know, should the president tell us at least what it is? Yeah, perhaps. I mean, my feeling is, look, I'm hopeful that the military people. I certainly don't know shit about anything relative to the military. Not a veteran, uh, so let's defer to the experts. Give them the space they need to do the job on our behalf and take it from there. But I get people who say, well, we need more information on this. You know? Yeah. Well, I'll, and I'll say this too. I mean, I don't hope that we don't have an independence day style alien war coming up, but also do you really start a new branch of the military called the space force? If you don't need it. Well, I mean, that fair. is a military branch. <laughs> yes. I mean, that was not a new branch of NASA that takes yeah. photos, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. So, I mean, it does make you think. Space like, Force. We do have a Space Force now. <laughs> so, I don't know, man. I'm not, yeah. uh, I mean, I think it would be small-minded to think we're alone in the infinite vast. I but, suppose that's true. But uh, also, it does sound a little bit, you know, like tinfoil hat to even talk about it to guys probably from our generation. Right. Generations. Right. No, yeah. that, that, that is true. And, and it just begs so many other questions, you know, why, you know, if they're advanced civilizations, why are they just touching base with us now? And, ah, oh God, it's just, it's endless. Sit, sit in bed at night with your eyes closed and think about <laughs> where does it end? And that'll drive you crazy. You ever oh, done I, that? I, I try not to. I like I have, of course. As, as a kid, I, I haven't yeah, done it in a while, I but that'll literally to. drive you nuts. Like, yeah. and, and what's, what's just, okay, so if it never ends, then what's on the other, or if it, you know, what's on the other side of where it ends or how long is infinity? And, yeah. That'll that's drive what, you nuts. That's Tristan. why I buy watches and cars, Ray. I don't want to think about series stuff. Like, yeah. The, they're, 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 um, we're not programmed to to we're understand not. it. It's, it's, we're not. It's not, it's we're not, not made for humans. To. That's right. Sure. 
It's that's why there's always a deity involved or a creature that, yeah, that, we that have understands to create something. it all. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah, we, we don't and never will. Hey, Raquel Welch died today. So that gives away when we're recording this. But she was one of the greats. You remember her. Yeah. What's that? Is that oh, your phone? Something, no, something under my oh. desk here. Um, yeah, I, man. I, I had a, a, a childhood friend, Tony Marr. Mr. Marr was kind of a quiet guy. He was probably all of 40. He seemed like an old man to me, but he had that giant uh, Million Years BC poster in the garage. <laughs> and as an eight or nine-year-old kid, I would stop and go, oh, wow, that's, you know. Because she was, she was a gorgeous woman. Yeah. Gorgeous woman. Absolutely. And there's a lot of men from that generation. I mean, she was before my time, but before your time. Even, really I before guess, my time. Bit. Yeah, 60s but, and 70s. Yeah, yeah, but there's definitely guys from those generations that will tell you that they discovered their own bodies to, nah. to Raquel. So yeah. <laughs> with those posters. and uh, Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, she, she was a true sex symbol. And, and like talented. She, talented and attractive. She, uh, she kind of moved the ball along in a way. If you think about all the prior, you know, were pretty much blonde bombshells, Marilyn Monroe, James Man, Jane Mansfield. She was a little more ethnic looking. Sure. A little more, she was. you know. Dark skin. It's like, and, yeah, dark skin, yeah. brunette. It wasn't the quintessential, <sighs> you know, blonde, blue eyed, you yeah. know, white. I guess she's white, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Actually, I think she had Hispanic blood. That sounds she was right. like Tejano or something. I yeah. believe you're right. Yeah. But God, she was a gorgeous woman. So rest in peace, Rekha. I hadn't done much in you know many years. Had retired and hopefully lived pretty comfortably. But um, surely, yeah. She Mother Jugs and Speed. That was a movie with her, Bill Cosby, and Harvey Keitel. A young oh, Harvey Keitel, right? Yeah. So you can guess who Jugs was. Mother <laughs> Good Jugs luck making that movie today, right? <laughs> Mother Jugs and Speed. That was an ambulance crew. They were really? three. Yeah, it's, it's probably a crappy movie. So who was Mother? You could go back. I think Mother was Cosby because he's a mother man, uh, and then right. Speed was Keitel, and she was Jugs. Nice. <laughs> mother Jugs and Speed. That's yeah, pretty good. Probably seventy four right. or five. Yeah, and she had the you know her her fucking outfit had the you know it was quite low cut and she was jugs <laughs> mother nice. jugs and speed yeah. yeah the good old days good, luck. good luck with a movie <laughs> like that these days but you know and to, to get back to real quick the <laughs> crt it's a winning issue yeah, for should, that was the that was the uh it was definitely well that's exactly right it's it, that's yeah. exactly right it yeah. appeals very much to lucas's mom and it also i think a lot of the, those discussions especially for folks that are parents the people that love these social issues, it it creeps into the middle. So it's not just Republicans. That's right. I mean, a lot of and, Democrats oh, sure. will say, well, I don't want my kids to be taught that white people are bad. And, you know, and the Republicans do a phenomenal job of telling you that that's going on in every public school starting in kindergarten in America. So it, it is it's a great Republican issue. And Republicans always do better on these wedge social type issues. It's, it's perfect, man. They, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's perfect. And it's it's. Um, it's something that was exploited. Well, here again, I mentioned Maggie Habersham and never uh, wanting to give Trump an ounce of credit for anything. He was a master at exploiting that. Oh, yeah. He was a fucking master at exploiting One of the best. it. Yeah, and his use of Twitter plus social issues was just unbelievable. He, he may not have had any beliefs of his own, but he certainly could <laughs> put his finger on where the pulse was. He, he knew who his folks were. Yeah. Yeah. Or he, who he needed to appeal to. Exactly. You know? Most definitely. Didn't really give a rat's ass about college professors or what they had to say about things. It was, you know, these are my people, the billionaire That's from... It. from. I love the uneducated people. Yeah, from Fifth Avenue, you yeah. know. That's it. Crazy. Man, is it joke time already? No, I'm going to try one of these again. I apologize. I don't have my glasses. So, oh, this is interesting. Uh, this, so this is the Interesting Facts for Curious Minds, 1,572 random but mind-blowing facts. Um, and I'm just... You know, randomly gonna and and here's what I opened up to. If you ever make it to Perry County, Kentucky, nice. make sure to drive through Happy Valley before visiting the towns of Happy and Dwarf. So in Perry County is Happy Valley and the towns of Happy and Dwarf. Nice. Who knew that? Weren't Happy and Dwarf that. both um Dwarfs? No. Uh <laughs> Snow yeah, dwarfs. Snow, Snow White. White Seven Dwarfs. Yeah, 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 yeah both dwarfs. Yeah. yeah. Can, how many of the seven can we name? Oh, Carlin used to do a bit. He had the, he had a whole thing where it was drugs. It was like a sneezy, much too cocaine, much too much cocaine. Uh, wasn't uh, drowsy was one. So no, happy happy was too much marijuana. Uh, well, he had. I, I'll sleepy see if I can dopey. find it. Yeah, yeah. Sleepy was like too many reds. I mean, it was, <laughs> or, you know, whatever it was. But it, it it was a great bit. Yeah, he was a genius. Oh man. All right. So I'll, I'll read you one more. Okay, so this is the brought to you by Brie Pond, uh, buckshotled.com. No, I got a joke coming, oh, too. Oh, okay, so. cool. 
And this is just a rational boomer. Th- then we'll one get this more to the thing for, one more thing for our for our listeners. <laughs> um, so this is for cat lovers. All right. So a cat's right. best sense is its hearing. They can rotate their ears 180 degrees and are capable of hearing 1.6 octaves above the range of a human. Really? Didn't know that. So they hear much better than humans. A lot. Yeah. I think we knew this. Uh, cats have better night vision than humans. I but didn't know that. But they're nearsighted. Hmm. A cat's visual acuity ranges from 20 to 100 to 20 20. So they see great up close, but um, not necessarily far, right? Didn't know that. Didn't Interesting. I love, love facts. So now we got a joke, and I'm, I'm just going to say you have some comedy. I, yeah, I did write down some. Okay, uh, so this stuff. is brought to us by Berea Pong. You know why the chicken went to the seance? Oh, uh, no. To get to the other side. Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. Very nice. <laughs> that is from taken from dad jokes. Nice. I got a bunch Very of good. them, Tristan. Yeah, that's, and Aaron, you're paying money for that. You just paid like $100 for that joke. So we appreciate your support. Hey, you know why the boy went to the other side of the playground? Uh, no. To get to the other slide. Oh, that's Oh, no, good. I said that wrong. Do you know why the boy crossed the playground? Uh, was, to get to I the other slide. I think it works slide. both ways. Yeah, okay. Nice. All right. So now you got a little uh, 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 Bad Wolf yeah, humor. Yeah, a little for our buddies here Bad Wolf. More reviews? Um, what's that? More reviews? No, no reviews. Oh. Uh, you know what? I, I mentioned to you I'm leaving next week. I'm going to the beach for a week. So oh, I, good for you. what I did was I, I looked into my Jewish time machine at some future headlines. Is that like the Jewish uh, it's space, like the space laser? laser yeah. But people don't know about the Jewish time machine. It's related to the space laser. Okay. So I've looked into some future newspaper headlines, and I'm just going to read some of these future headlines. Uh, so since we'll be gone from okay. the live show. Um, let's see. So the first one, I don't know. If, some of these are, 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 I don't know. They're kind of young. I don't know if most of our folks will get them. But the first one, future headline, Jenna Ortega plans to reboot the 90s stoner film starring Ice Cube and Chris Tucker in a sequel called Wednesday's Friday. Ah, that's cute. Yeah. Your uh, favorite movie. My favorite movie, yeah. Friday. Yeah. Uh, second future headline, George Santos finally resigns from Congress, announcing he will take over as the new pope. That's pretty good. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. No. Oh, let's see. Mega Millions lottery reaches over $2 billion. Uh, with no evidence, Donald Trump claims lottery machines were rigged and sues the lottery commission, claiming he won. That could be. Now, that's one I would maybe try to do. Yeah. That would be nice. Oh, let's see. Future headline, Netflix announces lineup of extremely overrated shows and movies Mm -mm. on the heels of our discussion. They're all too damn woke. And that's you saying that. That is. And I'm, yeah, I'm more pro comedy than pro politics. So, yeah, I just show me. That's a really interesting observation, though, on a serious note that you think that whatever woke means, but you think that 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 so leave woke out of it. But that mission not to offend anybody has really. Affected the quality of, of a lot of storytelling and comedy. Yeah. Now, again, I've, I've watched a lot of stuff. I mentioned the South Park, but, you know, I've watched a lot of stand up recently that is still funny. There are ways to still be funny. It's not impossible, but it does feel like it's a little bit more work. And I don't know if people have cracked the code yet on how to be funny and also not offend anybody ever. Got it. Yeah. So and uh, last future headline while I'm going to the beach. By the time you hear this, I'll be back from the beach, which will be sad. But uh, the spy balloons shot down by U.S. fighter jets were determined to be Yo Mama's old underwear caught in a breeze because apparently Yo Mama's so fat, she literally confused military radar. How about that? Yo Mama. And and you just can't beat a good Yo Mama joke. May I ask what beach you're headed to? Uh, We're heading to Charleston. One of the oh, great. off Charleston beaches. It's fantastic. Yeah, and Charleston and, is a beautiful city. Quite and, expensive. And it's February. We should be but, going somewhere like white sandy beaches, but we February's ass. It hit seventy today. Is this a, that's true? Is, good, is, good point. is this a record for the middle of February? I'm going to say know if it's it is a record, but it sure feels like it. Seventy. I mean, I'm in the drop top today, man. Wearing short sleeves. All right, like it. and yeah. it's you know we're not supposed to be in Florida and in, in Kentucky in February. <laughs> I'm not complaining, but that's true. And I do think it's supposed to get cold. And, and as a Democrat, I am also pro global warming, so. Yeah, give, give me screw Florida. We don't need it anyway. Well, as I say, Triz, I don't know how we do it. It's entertaining for at least for the two of us, if nothing else. It's like our, uh, it's like a free therapy session. We it don't is. even have to pay. That's true. So that's cool. Just a little bit to uh, tonight. 
That's it. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> yeah. we, we do pay him yeah. sometimes. Yeah. So, so And speaking of which, thank you, Nate. Thank you, Troy. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Aaron. Yeah. We miss anybody. Uh, Rational, Rational Boomer. Rational Boomer. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. That's it. And uh, have, enjoy your vacay, and we'll Will see do, you man. in a week or so. Look forward to seeing Thanks, you soon. Man. Take Bye-bye. care. Thanks for listening to Extreme Common Sense with Trisden and Ray. We hope you had fun and look forward to taking on another topic next week. Hey guys, Trisden here from the Extreme Common Sense Podcast. You may notice Ray's not here because Ray's a lazy bastard. Just kidding, I love Ray, but he's not here. So nonetheless, Dan and Nasa with Bad Wolf Gaming, we appreciate your podcast support, and we hope if you're listening locally, you'll check them out at 711 Chestnut Street in Berea. They've got a full arcade with some gambling things, sort of. So check out the arcade. Check out Dungeons & Dragons, Yu-Gi-Oh! Magic. They're a great place to buy your cards. Don't miss out. Get into Bad Wolf today. Tell them Extreme Common Sense sent you. Hello. According to our research, you like podcasts. Well, if you have a passion, mission, or story, you should have your own podcast. And I have a resource you might be interested in. Go to frontporchstudios.com slash products and services. You'll see how Front Porch Studios can help you enter the world of podcasting. Again, that's frontporchstudios.com slash products and services. Thank you for your time. Goodbye.